Okay, good morning everyone. This is Mike, and you are listening to Thriving Theology. It is another Wednesday morning, and I am heading off to Katsura Mura, which is the place where I teach in kindergarten. Uh, leaving right on time, but lately traffic has been kind of weird with all the you know, whatever uh, curves Corona's been throwing at us. Uh, I am drinking coffee from Papua, New Guinea. And this coffee I just roasted yesterday, but I haven't had any any uh, fresh roasted coffee in about two weeks. Because uh, I just haven't roasted as much and I didn't roast any for myself, but... Anyway, it's nice to get back to something fresh roasted, even if it's really too early to drink. Uh, but this is uh, medium roasted to about 215 degrees Celsius. And uh, <clears throat> I uh, just to tell you guys a little bit about grinding coffee, if you're interested. Uh, generally speaking, the finer you grind, you increase the bitterness. And the coarser you grind, you increase the sourness. And so you're always trying to get that perfect balance between bitter and sour. Also by, you know, uh, it's not an absolute, but generally speaking, I've found that darker roasts tend toward the bitter side and lighter roasts tend toward the sour side, or the fruity side. Uh, and sourness is not a bad thing. Some people like very, uh, very fruity, very soury coffee, even citrusy. Um, but for me, I like a balance between the two. And so the, since this was roasted just yesterday and it's a, it's a medium roast, not a, or a dark roast, I assumed that the coffee would be uh, somewhat uh, on, the, uh, on the sour side. And so I, I, I made it pretty fine. Uh, as fine as I do any drip coffee these days, uh, just to see what would happen, and and sure enough, I got I got uh, bitterness more than sourness, and so then I I readjusted uh, for the second pot that I made. I made just small, like you know, a two cup pot, well, four cup pot, two 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 of my cups. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I adjusted and, and made another pot. Uh, with it uh, a little bit the other direction just to test my theory. Uh, unfortunately, I was kind of in a rush this morning and I ended up throwing uh, the two kinds of coffee into the same cup. Uh, this is mostly the first, the first brew with a little of the second brew mixed in. But anyway, uh, that's probably way more about brewing coffee than you wanted to know. Um, but I find that those simple, simple rules of thumb, right? Dark roast, uh, both dark roast and fine grind go toward bitterness, and uh, lighter roasts and coarse grind go toward sourness. And uh, if you if you have always uh, uh, been, um, what's the word? Uh, confused about why you get the kind of coffee you get. 
uh, you might try uh, implementing those two parameters and see if you can't uh, uh, fine-tune your coffee brewing a little bit better anyway. Uh, fine-tuning, right? <laughs> Am I right? It sucks. It's horrible. Uh, and there are some people, I think, that have a really good knack for fine-tuning. I'm not one of those people. Uh, I'm a very big picture. Uh, I like uh, big general principles and uh, that was weird. My window wouldn't roll down. Sorry, it's a little hot in here. So I'm going to take a sip of this coffee and let you know what it tastes like. Okay, two sips, so sue me. <laughs> well, it's cooled down in temperature quite a bit, even though I've got it in a uh, in a an insulated cup, insulated steel or some kind of a. Sorry, I'll get rid of that noise. Turn the air conditioner. Uh, even though I've got it in an insulated steel or uh, probably uh, stainless steel cup still cool down a little bit uh, whatever is in my thermos is going to be uh, probably a much better uh, much better example of uh, sour coffee but unfortunately I can't test that right now because my other cup is full I guess I could sip from the cup or from the thermos oh, I got a red light I think I'll sip from the sip from the thermos and see what happens and try not to burn myself so this is the <clears throat> still hot uh, and uh, coarser ground medium roast Papua New Guinea, roasted yesterday. Huh. The other thing is I just brushed my teeth not too long ago. <clears throat> My taste better not, may not be quite on yet. Huh. Um, it's actually smoother than the first that I did, but I don't taste a whole lot of sourness, which is good. You know, I'm not a fan of sour coffee. I'd rather be smooth and maybe slightly bitter. <clears throat> uh, I was about to give you a, a little tidbit. Oh, on coffee temperature. Uh, the other variable you can mess with besides roast, which you, most people can't mess with unless you just buy, you know, the kind of roast you want, uh, and uh, grind, right? Fine or coarse grind. The other, the other variable, actually two more variables, are time and temperature. Uh, so you've got roast, grind, time, and temperature. The temperature is the temperature of the water, and generally I go about 90 degrees Celsius, which is probably somewhere around, I don't know, 187 or 190 Fahrenheit, I can't remember, but definitely uh, shy of boiling. <clears throat> uh, and then the time, the time that you take to do the roast, right, the amount of time it takes to brew 
uh, sorry, not the roast, the, the amount of time it takes to brew the coffee. Uh, time in a roast is a whole other, whole other thing. But there are many, many variables that go into whatever you're tasting in your cup, and it, it does make it uh, interesting, but at the same time, if you really think of all the variables that go into what you're tasting in your coffee cup, it might just drive you mad. Because uh, we're not even talking about, uh, you know, the coffee beans before they were picked, right? And the, the weather and the, the, the cultivar and, and, you know, the people that took care of it and, and uh, the soil and all of that stuff, right? Which is extremely variable. Uh, so that's a, you know, that's a, that's a big thing that goes into what you're tasting in, in each cup of coffee. And then the storage, right? You've got the middleman. So once the beans uh, have been picked and then they're, they're shipped, right? They have to be, they have to be uh, washed and processed, right? That's a big thing too, the type of process. And there's just so many variables that by the time you get to what you're tasting in the cup, if you were to try to, try to pick on all of them, I, th I think it would be impossible or near impossible uh, to figure out exactly why you're tasting what you're tasting. And it's kind of like people, you know, people are kind of like coffee beans in that respect. Uh, they have been through a process, well actually multiple processes since their birth and even before their birth, right? Uh, whatever DNA they received uh, is part of the processes uh, and and the way that their ancestors lived. It depends on the DNA that they're handed, right? Who they married and what happened. And there's also some indication that we may have some memory in DNA, which would be crazy. I can't even imagine if I've got memories from from past uh, um, from past ancestors that that I'm. I'm having memories that don't actually belong to me, but belong to somebody who came before me. And I, that, that's an interesting thing. You should look that up, memory and DNA. Uh, it's a fairly recent thing that I've heard of, although it could have been existed way before I heard of it. I'm not a scientist, so. Um, but what we're getting when we interact with the person, right? We're getting a, a flavor, a taste, right? We're getting, we're getting an indication uh, of what they've been through in their life, right? Uh, but oftentimes we don't consider that, right? We don't, we don't take into account that that person has an entire history uh, that has contributed to who that person is in that instant that you are interacting with them. And if they're being nasty or whatever, there could be some things behind the scenes that we have no idea about. Uh, there's just all kinds of things that we should take into consideration. Uh, and it, I, I would hope that it would lead us to a point of grace, right? Giving people a, a, uh, a huge portion of grace for acting the way they're acting. Um, but more often than not, what we do is we take our own history and our own perspective and impose that on other people's behavior. And then we are offended at the fact that other people behave differently than we would have in the same circumstances uh, because we disregard who they are, what they've been through, right? The abuse, uh, 
the illness, uh, the neglect, or whatever, right? We disregard all of that and simply judge them for not being uh, or not, uh, not behaving the way we would have based on our own history and our own proclivities. Uh, so, yeah, co coffee is the same way, right? So when I get a cup of coffee and I taste it, I'm going to get a certain flavor. Maybe that flavor is smooth and sweet. Maybe that flavor is strong and bitter. Uh, or maybe that that there's just no flavor at all. It's bland, right? Uh, and then there's an endless endless number of variations to all of those flavors. So, but it's it's all because of the variables that we can't see, right? Now some of them we we have a little control over, right? We do have control over the way that we interact with people. We have a we have an immense amount of control over our own behavior, even though there is programming that, that makes us behave the way we behave. Uh, we have a, a lot of control over that, but we have very little control over anyone else's behavior. Even parents don't have a huge amount of control over their own kids. It's crazy, right? Uh, so, you know, when two people come into contact with each other, those invisible and largely unknowable histories that are embedded deep within those people uh, are not going to come out and tell you why people are the way they are. And they're not going to come out and tell you why you're reacting to those people the way you're reacting. But one of the best decisions you can make is just to say, hey, I'm going to take people as they are, uh, and I'm going to give them an amazing amount of grace, and I'm going to work on getting, trying to understand them, trying to listen to them, right? So there's this, uh, <clears throat> I I'm teaching a new class this year, even though it's online now because of uh, COVID-19, I'm teaching a class called Discussion. Uh, it's, it's for English students at university. Uh, and they have these seven principles uh, for good discussions. And the first one is respect every voice, right? Respect every voice. And that's the kind of rule to live by that I think we all should have and we all should think about it. Respect every voice. Everybody uh, deserves some respect and some patience uh, and and. We should, we should want to try to understand what people are saying and why they're saying what they're saying and why they're being the way they're being. Uh, while at the same time, realizing that we, we are not much different to them, right? We come across as uh, equal aliens to each other in many ways, right? Like, I, I don't know how many times you hear in a week, why would they do that? You know, you, you should not do that. You can't do that. Why would they do that? Right? Well, the, the why is in the details, right? The devil, is, <laughs> the devil is in the details, right? So, and those details are unknown to us and largely, I think, unknown to the people that you're criticizing. Okay. 
So the best we can do, right? I really think the best we can do is stop uh, trying to force people to live the way we think they should live. And instead, try to find a middle gracious ground where we can all cohabitate. Uh, this doesn't necessarily go well in societies uh, which are militaristic, which I think America is increasingly becoming so, uh, or just legalistic, right? Uh, countries that are really into the letter of the law, such as France, uh, Japan, in many ways. <clears throat> so, yeah, this is, I, I'm talking about, you know, individual interactions with people. I'm not necessarily talking about law breaking. However, what's brought this conversation on uh, is a video that it was very disturbing that I caught this morning that happened in Minneapolis on New Year's Day, uh, sorry, New Year's Day, Memorial Day, just two days ago. I believe Memorial Day was Monday. Uh, where a man, and we don't see necessarily how he's arrested, we, we only see this man on the ground, and he's laying by a squad car with on his stomach and, and a little bit on his side with his head turned to the side. And there are three policemen on top of him. Uh, one on his legs, one on his back, uh, and then one has his knee to his neck, okay? Uh, or, or even to the side of his throat, I think you could say. Uh, but certainly on the jugular. Uh, and by the time the video starts, and it's about a 10 minute video, uh, all we see is this man in anguish complaining that he can't breathe, begging that they will get off him so he can breathe, crying to his mother, and this guy's a, a grown man. In fact, he's a very, he seems like a very big guy, probably. I have no idea. Um, and, and the policemen uh, ignore every single plea that this man has. They ignore everything. They just keep their weight on top of him. And he keeps complaining that he can't breathe until finally he passes out and becomes unconscious. All the while, the policemen are not moving. And then he dies. So basically, these policemen decide to not give this man aid, but instead kill him. And they don't try to resuscitate him. They don't try to do anything. They just let him die. Okay? Uh, and this man is now dead. And of course, of course there's going to be outrage. Of course there's going to be outrage. Uh, of course this is also going to speak to systemic racism in America. Uh, the fact that, I, now I don't know this, I, I haven't studied this. One officer I know at least was Asian. One officer was white, and I think the other two officers were white, but I'm not sure. There's one officer that was not on top of the man who was kind of keeping the crowd from interfering with what was going on with uh, the guy on the ground. Um, the guy on the ground's name was Floyd. 
I believe his last name was Floyd. Um, I'm sorry, I can't remember his whole name. I just heard about this this morning. Horrible situation where people, uh, the police were called to a business because somebody suspected that a counterfeit bill was used. Uh, and this guy fit the description. He was, he was sitting on the hood of his car. Uh, and the police tried to arrest him. Now, presumably, he tried to resist. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, we could also maybe say they didn't have probable cause. It's just a it's just a counterfeit bill. It's not like it, you know, it's ridiculous. Anyway, because this guy was suspected of having used a counterfeit bill, which anybody could do, right? It's possible. Anybody could do. Uh, then he's now dead. Okay, he's now dead. And I think the reason is, is that police officers refuse to take into account or to listen to a person. They refuse to do anything until that person is quote-unquote neutralized right so instead of trying to figure it out in just conversation they want to subdue this person okay subdue mind you right uh, to control this person first even though they haven't even they don't even know if a crime has been perpetrated yet they just go right to trying to subdue them Instead of having a conversation, hey, this guy said you may have used a bill. Do you know where you got it? You know, can we trace it? Can you, what can you tell me about it? Right? And, you know, I don't know if that happened. I, all, right, all right. So here, I'm, I'm talking about things I don't know. What I do know is a man died and it didn't have to happen. It did not have to happen. So we'll see how things come out in the end. Um, still pretty fresh. I don't think uh, the cause of death has been announced yet uh, or anything like that. So we'll see how things work out. Um, but I can say we need to listen to each other. I don't care if you're a policeman or who you are. You should listen to people. Why? Why are police trained not to have any kind of uh, ears for people? Why are they being trained to ignore people's pleas? <clears throat> not one officer out of the four had an ounce of intelligence to know that that guy was dying. It's just crazy. It's just crazy. And even once he had passed out, they didn't try to take his pulse. Nobody tried to take his pulse out of those four officers until the ambulance arrived and somebody tried to take his pulse. And even then they wouldn't take the knee off the throat of the guy even though he was already obviously passed out. Um, just horrible. I, I don't know. I don't know what this world is coming to. I really don't. I don't know the direction this is going. I don't know that America. Uh, 
And the reason I don't know that, America, is because I'm white. And I haven't been treated. I didn't mention that this guy was African-American. Because I shouldn't have to. But it, all things point to the fact that that actually makes a difference. That, that white officers are more likely to kill a black man in custody than a white man. <clears throat> and it's just, it's just not right. I don't care who you are. person should not die before they get a chance to def to defend themselves in court. Anyway, I, I I'm actually didn't want to get completely off track like this, but it's just an incredibly sad situation. It's an incredibly horrible situation. Uh, and I'm sorry for it. And I condemn it without reservation. I condemn the lethal use of police force. And I condemn the fact that people will not stand up and say enough. So right now I'm saying enough. That's my official stance on it and I don't know what else to do about it, but... If it were up to me, policemen would have uh, their guns taken away. Uh, in fact, anything anything that causes lethal force would be taken away. Uh, they would have maybe only tasers, only to be used uh, in the event that they have to protect somebody. But at least it wouldn't be lethal in most cases. Uh, and that's all they'd have. I would I would spend any amount of money necessary to find non-lethal modes of controlling dangerous people. No man need to die because he might have used a counterfeit bill. It's just ridiculous. It's dumb. There's the other side of this coin. There's another side of this coin. Okay. This is something that was brought up that I am literally asking the question because I do want to know is it possible <clears throat> that media are blowing these events social media as well social media and the news media are blowing the, these events so sky high that they are they have caused they're partly to blame for the fear that make people resist in such situations is it possible okay now that doesn't mean that it's that the fear is unwarranted or that I'm right that that, that that question, that the answer to that question is obvious. It's not. Okay? There's two possibilities. 
either the fear of being killed by the police is causing people to overreact and to display certain characteristics that uh, trigger police officers into survival mode or the sheer number of these events is such that said fear is warranted that news media are doing a um, what's it called a, a public service and getting the message out there to, hey, you know, be careful, police are out of control. Okay, be careful what you do, be careful what you say. Police are out of control, and, you know, you, you may get stopped in traffic and get killed for no apparent reason. Uh, I'm not saying that these are the only two possibilities. Uh, the other possibility is that police, right, because of these, some events that ha have happened where police have been killed, that they are being programmed to be trigger happy in order to preserve their own lives in, such, in, in those situations. Uh, I can't tell you which it is. I really don't know. More than likely, like normal life, it's a combination of all of the above. But the problem is, and it's the same thing with sexual harassment, right? The, the, the claim of sexual harassment, it's all about power. It doesn't matter, you know, if somebody comes on to somebody else. If the person who is coming on, if the person who is, uh, who is doing the harassing uh, is a person in power, a person with authority a person even with a gun, uh, then that's where the responsibility falls. Okay? I didn't see that this man was armed. Uh, nobody has said that. None of the, the videos or the, the news that I've read have said he was armed. And if he wasn't armed, if he didn't have the ability uh, to have lethal force against the cops, right, to their knowledge then they should not have used lethal force to subdue him. Again, we have to wait for the autopsy. <clears throat> but I'm still going to say, the blame is going to fall on whoever's in authority. And that's where it should fall. If you don't want that responsibility, don't be an authority. But by God, if you're going to be an authority, do your job well. Do it right protect and serve how in what way was this guy protected or served it's just the opposite all for a piece of paper a piece of paper a worthless piece of paper when it all comes down to it <clears throat> Certainly, in in comparison in comparison to human life, that supposed counterfeit bill, that alleged counterfeit bill, is worthless. I don't think the guy, if he'd have known that the guy was going to get killed, he probably would have reported it. 
I wouldn't have reported it if I thought the guy would killed. If the police were going to kill the guy, just because I report a counterfeit bill, no way I'm going to report it. Nobody would. Nobody in the right mind would. No matter what the infraction is. Alleged infraction. Certain things should not end in death. A traffic stop should not end in death. Questioning somebody about a counterfeit bill should not end in death. So, yeah. Horrible situation. I'm sorry for the family. Uh, for Floyd's family. Mr. Floyd or Floyd. I just can't remember your first name or last name. I'm sorry. I know it's some, something Floyd. I will make it a point to remember your name, sir. Uh, may you rest in peace. May the God of all grace uh, bring you close to him. As I know he will. So, yeah, that's that's where we are today. Uh, that's what blew up social media today. It's just horrendous. It's horrendous. And need I say necessary. I think I forgot my phone again. What is wrong with me? Huh. It's weird. I'll still be on the charger upstairs in my room. Oh well. So When you drink coffee, <laughs> back to coffee, <laughs> you can't know all the reasons why it tastes the way it tastes. You can just do whatever it is in your control to make the taste better, right? Whatever it is you can control is where you should work. And what you have no control over, you should just forget about, right? Just do the best you can with what you have, right? Um, and what you don't like, other people may like, right? But by golly, don't throw the cup out. Just, just try to try to learn more about the cup, right? Try to learn more about it. Um, yeah, kind of a horrible situation. Sometimes I think we, we give food or drinks or, you know, other things, uh, way more grace <laughs> than we give people. <laughs> and people are infinitely more complex <laughs> and dynamic than food or drink could ever be. And more valuable. Way more valuable. Infinitely valuable are people. Every person. Regardless. Regardless of any variables. People have infinite worth. Every person. Who ever lived. Has infinite worth. 
<sighs> so, yeah. Um, I'm sorry that this is going to add fuel to an already raging fire of racial tension uh, in the U.S. and around the world. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I'm afraid things are going to get worse before they get better. I hope that's not the case, but I'm afraid it will be the case. Because nothing seems to change. The more these things are reported, the more there is to report, it seems like. Craziness. Craziness. Well, I'm coming around the corner to the school, so I'm going to uh, sign off for now. I know there's going to be a bigger backstory, and I promise to uh, try to uh, be balanced when I hear about it, and uh, maybe I'll present it to you in the next podcast, uh, the other side of the story. Uh I don't think it will justify lethal force. Uh, if that is indeed what killed this man, we won't know until we get the autopsy report. Um, but I promise to try <clears throat> to get to the bottom of it as much as we can. But I want to say, uh, without a shadow of a doubt, that Mr. Floyd, you were immeasurably valuable to the human race and you should not have left us so soon. Alright, thanks guys for listening. Bye.